to the show, Nina. It's great to have you here on Marketing Unlocked. How are you doing today? I'm great. And I'm really excited about having this chance to revisit my history and what I've learned. So it's awesome. Thank you. Amazing. Amazing. The first thing I want to start with, um, also, actually, congratulations to you and to Wendy. I saw the announcement that you've started a new consulting uh, company. So congratulations on that. But what I wanted to actually ask you is if you could explain what it is that you do to get paid. Wow. Thank you. Um, what we do to get paid. So Wendy and I have had very similar career paths. And then we met a company and worked together for four and a half, almost five years. And we recognized over our decades in the business that there was such a need for people to come in with our experience and really provide guidance to organizations to help them get over the hump of how do we break down silos? How do we get collaboration between the different go-to-market teams within an organization, but also to recognize that go-to-market means everybody in the company. And so what we've focused on is really providing services and consulting to organizations to help them bridge that collaboration bridge that they need to do, but also to help them understand and work together better and build those foundations. So that's really our focus. Um, one of the, fo one of the things that we really, um, our soapboxes is, is medic and medpick, right? It's, it's, um, for Wendy, she was the first of my contacts to be able to actually get the aha moments of the value that something like medic and medpick will deliver for an organization. And, um, we've totally jumped on that whole mindset of, it makes such a difference for an entire organization, not just sales. And so that's where our direction from our consulting company is really trying to move to is helping organizations recognizing that customer facing is go to market. And those things are integrated together and everybody in an organization has a piece of that puzzle and MedPick is a fabulous foundation from which to build upon. So. Yeah. Amazing. That, that sounds, it sounds exactly what the market needs and what companies are screaming for. So yeah, I love that. I think one of the things that we say at Medic and what we're trying to do here is that MedPick can become your operating system in terms of that common language and what we're really trying to do now, similar to yourself, is is encourage companies to see the value in the whole go-to-market team being able to speak that language, not just sales teams. Um, so I think it's really important. There, there's a lot of emphasis on sales teams, but but the rest of the go-to-market team is is kind of forgotten when it comes to to medpick and things like that. Oh my gosh. Like when I read Andy's book and he started talking about, and even before that, it was the whole concept of metrics, right? And how metrics are so important as part of the process is why did a buyer contact us? Why did a buyer download something from our website? Why did they stop by the booth? Whatever it was, right? It's understanding the pain. And then it's that metrics nugget. And I get all excited about that because 
in my previous lives, I was in, you know, did the marketing and tried to do the case studies and the win loss analysis and all those kind of things. Right. And I, I just sit here and just wishing I had have had something like this when I first started to try to build these case studies and win loss analysis, because it just would have focused the conversations with the customers in such a way to be able to provide the what's in it for them. And that conversation, because then that provides me the ability to build something of value to the sales team, to the analysts, to everyone, the prospects and customers, so that it's a value to everyone. And having that M3, you know, it's having that metric that I can base all of my conversations on. It's like, what difference did it make for your organization? What business value did you get? That's how, when I, you know, I remember these conversations with sellers all the time to me, Nina, I need a case study that talks about X, Y, Z. And if we all had had the same common language, then we all would have been much more focused and happier. Less frustrated with one another. So, yeah, I just yeah, it's my big aha moment. Yeah, one one hundred percent. And and same for me. You know, like I, I recently said, like I'm ashamed to admit that I didn't know what medic was, and I didn't know who Andy White was, like nearly two years ago. But since learning it, and, and I had a conversation with Andy yesterday, actually, that I, I'm kind of only just getting that aha moment. It's taken so long to get to that point, and I really do think it does take a long time for it to really sink in but now now I get it it's like what do we do without it and like I can really communicate with our revenue team in their language which which helps our relationship between the marketing and revenue teams as well so there's there's so many benefits to it oh you know what was really exciting too is that when when Wendy and I were first trying to introduce medic to our sales organization the first thought out of our heads, because we had done marketing for so long, it's like, oh my gosh, this will make such a difference to the marketing team. And and it's it's like, that was the first thought we had of how do we get the marketing team to see things from a buyer's perspective, but also the business outcome focus, as opposed to, because in our history, we've worked for very focused technology What's the cool feature we've released? What's the shiny button that's available now in the solution? Whatever it is, right? And the focus now absolutely has so changed where everyone's like, I don't care about your shiny button. I don't care about any of that stuff. Because the the decisions inside the organizations are now at such a level, it's like, I don't care. What's the difference you're going to make to my organization? At the end of the day, this is costing me a lot of money. What difference are you going to make to my revenue stream? What difference are you going to make to my risk aversion? What a difference are you going to make to how my organization operates and save me money? And that if, you know, those nuggets and those like coalescence of value is so huge. And it just would have simplified 48 page white papers. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, Everything, I don't know how you feel about this, I'm sure you'll agree, but everything comes back to value. Yes. It's not just about features and benefits, it's, it's about value and leading with that. So yeah, I, 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 I love that and I love what you and Wendy are now doing. So congratulations yeah. on that. Um, Thank you. But 
talking about your your history, you, you spoke a little bit about that. Can you talk us through your journey and, and get into where you are now? Wow. So I never thought when I was in university that I would be where I am right now, which I think is the key to anyone's career path that take take the opportunities that are given to you because there's a reason why they've been given to you, right? Um, some things may seem random at the time, but all of a sudden it's like all these things can build on top of one another and it just makes you have a better understanding of who you are and where you are, right? So when I first started in high tech, <laughs> too many years ago, um, I was one of maybe three women on a team of 15 that were doing technical support for software. And that date does age me somewhat, but it also um, gave me some really good insight as to what my superpowers are. When I look back at that, it's, it's all of my path from then was putting me into situations where I had the ability to hear and listen and understand and empathize with people. So whether it was customer support, whether it was doing solutions architecture, whether it was just partner enablement, whether it was marketing, right? All of those pieces built on top of one another, I could hear and understand what a customer wanted through the phone. You know, I could see and read body language. I could understand that pain and frustration of not being able to meet an objective or wow, I need to be able to solve this business problem. I could understand that. And I could also, you know, that gut feeling that I had of, mm, there's more to this story than what I'm hearing in the words, right? And so all of my jobs or all of my career, my career path has gotten me to a point where I am now, which is I've done I've done sales. I've had the gut wrench when the demo fails. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, the browser function failed. Um, I've had the all-nighters trying to get RFPs done. I've sat on the phone with trying to work through a technical conversation with a customer without the ability to be able to connect in and change it. It's like I had to hold the hands on the, on the legs to, so I can't take over. I had to talk them through this. To to being able to stand on a conference floor and hear and understand what a customer is looking for and how to message my conversation on the fly to help them understand the business value. It's been just an incredible journey. And I think, you know, the last seven years of doing enablement has coalesced all those things. And it really has helped Wendy and I develop a conversation and a message about it's not just the sales team. And it's not just the AE of the sales team. It's all the different players, all the different people who touch that customer. And I remember talking to a colleague who, who did training. That was her job. She trained customers. And I remember, and I remember we were having a conversation. She said, no, I'm, I'm not in sales. I just do training. And I said, no, 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 honey. You are a salesperson because when you enable those customers to have a better understanding of what difference they can make inside their organization to optimize the performance of their systems to do whatever you are facilitating their love of the product 
you're developing champions and coaches internally, and you're helping the renewal team, but you're also helping the sales team continue the investment that that customer is going to make internally and embedding the technology within the organization. And she just looked at me and went poof, like her brain exploded and she had to walk away. But I think it's, it's that sort of level of conversation that is so important to have with team members and people within organizations that it's not just the sales rep who gets the invoice completed and the paper process done, all of the different players of that conversation to that, but all the ones afterward are as important as each other, right? It's like everyone has such a vital role in ensuring that the customer signs the initial invoice, but they continue to sign and renew and talk about us publicly and reinforce the value that our product is delivering so that we can have them do case studies. We can have them talk at conferences. We can have them talk on panels. We can have them involved in our journey as much as we're involved in theirs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I really love that. And and what a journey to, to come across. And I feel like, you know, the, the place you're in now and what you're doing now is is possible because of all of those interactions you ha- you've had throughout your career. And it just is going to make that 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 process so much better. Um, I'd love to know um, if you could go back or if you were talking to your younger self, what key piece of advice would you give yourself? Trust your gut and continue to ask questions. That if that reaction you're getting to your questions kind of makes you feel uncomfortable, that's a good thing. Because the more questions you ask, the better of an understanding you have. And it it helps you become a listener and it helps you become and build upon your empathy, right? It's like when you start continuing those conversations and start asking more and more questions and hearing how they're answering and getting into further questions, it's just amazing the insights you can pull. And it's a skill I think that I was slow to develop, <laughs> admittedly. Um, but I really do appreciate it now. And I, I realize the value of it. Um, a sidebar to that is I think one of the things you really need to do early on is find those coaches or mentors in your life, right? Find those people that those trusted advisors, those people, because at every part of your life, you're going to have different needs and different parts of your journey. Um, You'll need the career coach, you'll need the career mentor, but you'll also need the personal development coach, right? How do I understand more about myself? Because I think what happens to all of us is that we get focused on, um, I need to develop my career or I need to figure out where I wanna be next week or next month or whatever it is, right? But a big part of understanding that is understanding yourself and understanding, you know, when someone said something to me, why did I react that way? When I read something or heard something or whatever, what did it, why did it make my gut feel that way? And I think those are really important things to recognize in yourself and ask yourself those questions, right? So it's, it's been a really interesting life journey and I also recognize it's not over. So growth is continuous and you'll always learn stuff about yourself. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and growth is, is uncomfortable and that's okay. 
Um, yeah, so yeah I, absolutely. I, I, love that. I love I love the trust your gut um, for sure. You mentioned in that about mentors. Is there anyone um, throughout your career that has played a significant mentor role to you? There has absolutely. Um, there was one boss I had, and he he's fabulous. And and I, you know, it's one of those bosses that you say. If I ever have, whenever I have a boss, that's the kind of boss I want. Um, and and he's also, I also, you know, asked him to be a mentor, like, like physically, like what's the word I'm looking for, like formally be a mentor. And and it taught me a lot of lessons about what a mentor is, right? I mean, he he said, you know what, this isn't about me and you just having a chat. There's going to be homework. I want you to sit down and really do some soul searching and asking questions about what you want to do and how you want to be and what makes you feel passionate about what you do and also what makes you feel uncomfortable. So what I really loved about that was just that, again, it's reinforcing the finding out more about yourself and understanding more about yourself. And I, I think that was one of the most valuable things. I mean, he said to me one day, he said, you don't want to be a director, Nina. Yeah. And and the reason why you don't want to be a director at this point in your career is because you care too much and you take on too much of someone else's success and feelings and what they're going through every day. You need to learn how to create that barrier or not necessarily barrier, but you need to do more about protecting yourself as opposed to taking on everyone else's stresses and things right and so i think that was one of the one of the most looking back of like oh my gosh you're so right like oh my can't do that so yeah i mean being a director isn't for everyone as well though right i know yeah, especially yeah. especially in the sales world we 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 talk a lot about aes and the the natural progression route but you know sales leadership for instance isn't for everyone some people are just really good individual contributors and that that's okay yeah. And I think, you know what, you brought up a really good point. I think one of the one of the challenges we have within any organization is that is like dictated as the natural progression of your career, right? You're going to be an individual contributor. You're going to be amazing. You're going to knock it out of the park. Um, and then the only way to get a promotion or higher pay, or the only way to get higher pay is you have to move up a level. And not everyone is cut out to doing that, right? And and part of that challenge, and this is another, this is a soapbox, so just bear with me. Um, we move people into managerial roles without actually enabling them to be managers, right? And what makes us an AE a fabulous seller and successful is not is is not necessarily what will help them be a great mentor and coach and organizations kind of fail those people and they don't give them the tools and the training and the power and the recognition that there is part of what they need to do is to develop themselves and understand more about themselves and recognize that there is additional work that they have to do to become as great an AE as they were, a fabulous manager, you know? And it's, it's, 
it is challenging and I think I think it's changing or maybe it's the LinkedIn algorithm I have no idea um, but there seems to be a lot more conversation right now about developing that manager and developing that leader so that people recognize that is an important vital part of running a team yeah and and it, the same for same for all roles um I mean I, I was a I guess you don't really call it that in the, in the marketing industry in terms of individual contributor but I was an individual contributor as a marketeer at the start of my career and now I'm in a leadership position and and there's no there's no set like how to guide on how to make that leap or or how to be successful in that role and and I think that's it's it is difficult it's uncomfortable it's difficult it's harder than you expect um and and going from working alongside people to then managing them is is a whole other like thing that again you're not you nobody gives you this book and says okay you've been promoted here's here's what you need to do now um and i think the same applies like i say for for, for marketing as it does for sales there's just no I don't think there's really, or, or companies don't do a good enough job of, of, of supporting people who do step up naturally into that leadership position from an IC. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And one of the things I think we all need to recognize is that sometimes we just have to do it ourselves, right? So earlier this year, I had the opportunity to do a Maxwell leadership course, um, just to understand and better understand myself um, of the leadership qualities I did have. And to look back at all the opportunity, all the things I've done in my past that were represented, representative of being a good leader, right? I remember in a previous role I had, um, I was working with, with another person on my team and she had been always put in the position of just make sure that everyone appears when they're supposed to appear for the podcast. You know, your role is to find all those people and make sure they're part of these conversations. And... I, my role is to, who do I want? And you schedule them. And I flipped the switch on that without actually realizing I was doing it. And, and I would say, you know what, let's brainstorm. Let's figure out how we want to approach these sessions that we were doing on a weekly basis. And so let's figure out who we want to schedule and who we want to want to have part of it. And I really divided the conversation in half and gave her much more of the decision making and and basically gave her much more control of who would be part of it and so it was by the time we got to like the end of our series she was offering up people that she felt would better fit the conversation than my initial thoughts of people right and it's like give her the strength and the power to recognize that she does know what she's doing. You know, you're not my scheduler, you're my partner. And let's be partnership in this. When I would talk to the leadership about it, it was her and I, not me. And I, and I really wanted to emphasize that she was as part of a contributor to the success of this program, as I may have been, just because my title was X and hers was Y, is irrelevant is that we approach this this program and this initiative together and and when you when you start looking back at your history and you start recognizing those little pieces of nuggets of leadership that you've done it really helps you build your own self-awareness of you know what i did do that and i do understand those and so i think from a from yes i was only an ic 
we need to stop using the word just and to say, I was an IC and I did leadership things because that's what ICs do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. That's, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, I really, really like that. And I guess with leadership qualities, there's a lot of talk as well about, and I think we touched on it in terms of the common language and revenue and marketing teams working together, but I, I assume you will see this as part of your consultancy as well. Um, how, how would you encourage that collaboration amongst the, the go-to-market team? Um, who, who, who is responsible for that? Oh my gosh. Who's responsible for collaboration? Everyone is responsible for collaboration. Um, I look back at all the different times and places where it was understanding that the success of whatever we're doing needs to make sure that we're all communicating and working together. And whether that's a forced every week, we're going to have a call to talk about this. Then you start out with a every week we're going to have a call talking about this. And then eventually it becomes a can't wait to have we have a call about this to catch up. Right. It's building those relationships and that everyone feels that they're getting something out of it. And I think that is the key to getting collaboration to work is is really showing that you can trust me that I'm coming to this authentically, that I'm sharing, you know, what you need as much as what I need. And you can't make it all about yourself, that whomever you're working with has to feel that they're getting something out of this. And that's going back to just being all excited about M3s. That is truly what I see as part of the opening that chasm of, yeah, mark like marketing historically, I'm not picking on marketing and specifically just generalizing um they have so many priorities that are conflicting they have to deal with analysts they have to fight not fight they have to deal with the product team about what's going to be in the product and how they're going to market it and what they're going to go to market with they have to help the field marketing team with respect to lead gen they have to develop what the messaging is they have to work on personas they i mean i you know i don't have enough fingers for all the things that marketing has to grasp and comprehend. What needs to, to diminish is the, and sales is just another wah, 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 Charlie Brown's teacher in my ear, right? Because sales, and this is something I, because I had done sales, I knew this, right? Sales is my eyes into the customer. And so from a marketing perspective, they are one of my most important partners to success. And it's having their insights, participating in their QBRs, even having a conversation with a customer who's just purchased the product. We haven't even gotten to rollout yet. I want to talk to them to get the excitement in their voices about why they actually bought my product. And then I want to talk to them when they've renewed because I want to have those two, that journey. I want to understand that journey. And that to me is is that collaboration and sharing i i used to get off the phone with customers way back when i was doing customer support and i would phone the sales rep which was not something customer support really did and i would phone the sales rep and i would say hey i just got off the phone with xyz and i just wanted to pass on to you that 
there they in our conversation they were talking about this other group that was looking for help or i just want to let you know that we finally got this problem resolved or i just wanted to let you know that they're still frustrated <laughs> <laughs> and we need to do more work and I might need your pre-sale to go in and help with this, right? I develop such strong relationships with the sales teams doing that because they knew when I called that I was adding value to them. And I think that in every customer facing role, we all have to do the same thing, whether it's marketing, field marketing, your, whatever it is, we all need to have that relationship built with our sales teams so that we're all working together to basically make those customers happy. I mean, that at the end of the day is what drives our business. Yeah, exactly. And 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 like I say, like we said at the start, it all comes back to value and, and adding value to the customers. So yeah, I completely agree. I I found myself joining quite a few customer calls uh, or prospect calls um, with some of our, our IAs and, and watching them in the flow is just, it's so exciting to see and, and they, I, I'm so impressed by by the conversations they have, but also you can come back to a meeting with the, I come back to a meeting with the full marketing and media team, and I'm like, hang on, we just spoke to a customer and they mentioned this pain point that we hadn't even thought of. Um, so yeah, it's it's so beneficial uh, for the whole team. And that is an absolutely fabulous point you just made there too. I think conversational AI or having these recordings are liquid gold because when you set up these systems and they pull out keywords and things and they do the analysis of it, I think for marketing and product marketing to sit and listen to those recordings too is gold for them because what a sales person might pull out of it or a sales leader might pull out of some of the words or terminology or concepts or ideas that the customer shared, when marketing puts their head on and listens to those calls, it's a whole other perspective. And exactly what you said, I never even thought that someone would use our product in that way. Or that is such a great way of talking about the value that our product brings to them, right? Because your sales teams are incredible in how they turn those conversations around. You know, I, you give them the messaging and then they talk to a customer in a different industry. They've done research on that customer. They understand that customer's pain or where they've come from. They've looked at their financial reports, whatever it is. And they've taken your messaging and fine-tuned it and customized it for that customer. It just it, It's just mind-blowing how those little bits of nuggets and insights can help you drive your own messaging and your persona building and products, right? So it's, it's, it's really exciting, I think, to have that relationship and that trust between everyone to be able to say, yeah, yeah join flying the wall awesome exactly and it's it's i guess that comes back down to culture as well having the right culture in the in the team to have that trust to be able to say i'm not joining a call to check up on you or to report back to anyone i'm joining how can we add value together and what am i going to take out of this call so culture is definitely important there i'd love to know from your perspective um especially with with everything you're up to now and and, and everything you've already done what is it, and you might have already gone into this, but what is it you think companies can really do and what, what, what can they implement or drive in their organizations that is really going to help them in, in regards to their competition in terms of standing out? Actually, you just said it in the last statement. I think the most important thing that any organization can do 
is develop that culture of trust. If your entire organization is built on trust and authenticity, then your teams will all work together so much more effectively and productively. I think it's if you wait until the end of the year, the end of the quarter, the end of the month to hear feedback about, oh yeah, customer X didn't buy us because of Y, you've missed an opportunity to make that change in whatever you can as you move forward. You've missed that window because it's now six months too late. You know, we've already thrown this campaign out to the wild and now we're kind of going, well, why didn't it resonate? Well, because six months ago, a lot of things may have changed in the last six months. And without that feedback loop, without that insight, you you miss that. And I think the other piece is exactly um, the whole point of when I ask a sales, sales leader or sales manager or AE, I noticed that you've just closed this deal or I've noticed that this deal didn't close. Can I speak to that customer or prospect to understand more? Because I am not calling them to check whether or not you said the messaging right. I'm calling them to understand you downloaded this white paper or you watched this webinar and then, you know, it, it, something didn't click. Was it, you know, in something in the, the paper or the marketing that didn't mesh with how things were talked about or what the product actually did? Or was there something I can improve from where we talk about things and help my sales teams be better able to deal with those kind of objections or those kind of competition questions or whatever it is, right? It's, it's having that ability to be able to have a trusted relationship with your sales team that they're willing to share those contacts with you and they're not checking your work <laughs> and you're not checking theirs. That starts at the top. That's all about culture. And, 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 you, and it is really emphasizing that you're partners and you're just all in this together and our paycheck is signed by the same person, right? And it's like, we're not silos. No more silos. Yeah, 100%. And I think this has been a really great conversation in terms of ghost market collaboration, the culture, the feedback loop, working together to add value for the customers. So yeah, I, I'm definitely a, a big fan of all of that. I want to ask you a slightly different question. It's more personal to you. Can you share a significant moment or experience in your life that has had a profound impact on, on potentially your career and, or who you are today? When I think back to all the different experiences that I've had in my life, I think the thing that, that the one experience that sticks out in my head, and it's more of a combination of things, I think it's, it's listening to myself and listening to my gut. And I've had situations where um, things haven't gone the way I want them to. And I'm a bit of a control freak. I'll admit that. Um, as you and and I think there's a recognition and something I've learned is that I can't control everything. And I learned that rather from a harsh perspective <laughs> that I just can't control everything, and I need to stop blaming myself because I can't control everything. And and it's and it, it it's just a bunch of 
situations where you start blaming yourself for why things aren't working. You start blaming yourself for what am I saying it wrong? Am I doing it wrong? Did I not hear what they said? Did I not understand what was asked? I need to ask more questions. And backing myself up and saying, it doesn't matter how many questions I asked. Doesn't matter how much mind reading I thought I could do. I need to, I need to back my, I give, forgive myself for those things and just really understand that sometimes life hands you opportunities for learning. And that's what these things are. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, without getting into real specifics, I think it's when you work in a place that challenges you emotionally and mentally, it's growth. It's a growth opportunity. And to really spend some time understanding you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for sharing that as well and 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 going over that. I think, yeah, it, it it's it's good that you've got to a point where you recognize that. Um and and and, and that helps you you know, do the things differently the, the way you are now. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. I've had a great pleasure talking to you today. It's It's been really, really good. Um, I think we've covered a lot. It's been good to talk about what you're up to. And like I say, the, the go-to-market side of things and collaboration aspect. If people did want to get in touch with you and, and find out more or speak to you, what's what's the best way to connect with you? Well, I, I admittedly spend too much time on LinkedIn. So that is one place. Um, and AranyaGTM.com. That's our website. That's where we have our info. You can contact us through there, but certainly I look forward to connecting with people on LinkedIn. Um, I love it. I need to work on the whole posting and commenting more as opposed to just being a lurker. Um, but, uh, and recognizing that the algorithm works in mysterious ways. And sometimes it pops up ideas and comments to you when you're like, oh, you know what, maybe I need to look at that better within myself um but yeah that's that's my hangout awesome thank you so much and thank you for joining me today nina i really appreciate it oh jess this has been so much fun i've really loved it thank you 